Well, hello there. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks for giving us a download, a listen this week. Greatly appreciated. You know, last week's show was super successful. It was all about nuts. Are nuts really healthy? That was the name of the episode. So this week, seeing as though there was so much interest in that type of show, we're going to go ape over apples. Ape over apples. Apples. What's in them? Are they really as healthy as the proverb would lead us to believe? We're going to go through apples, go through them A to Z with registered dietitian Susan Levin from the Barnard Medical Center. We're talking about a serious, a serious now, nutritional analysis here. We're diving into micronutrients and we're going to keep on diving. We're going to go as far as we possibly can. Anything that you ever wanted to know about an apple, you are about to find out. You know, for example, sugar. If you look at the amount of sugar found in an apple and compare that to what's found in an M&M, you'll find, at least on paper, that it's a pretty similar amount. Should that be a red flag, though? Hmm? We're going to find out. And what about green apples and yellow apples and red apples? Is there a healthiest type of apple? I'm going to talk about that as well. And, um, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us take the skin off of the apple. But we're going to tell you why you're going to want to think twice the next time you go to grab that peeler. There is a staggering, a staggering amount of nutrients that you lose when you skin the apple. Plus, we're going to talk about what other researchers have found. You know, there have been so many studies conducted on apples. We're talking about apples' effects on the risk of cancer, the risk of heart disease. And what about kids who eat apples? What's the upside there? And if you're an elderly person, particularly an elderly woman, you're really going to want to pay close attention to one study in particular. I think you're going to like what you have to hear. So with that, sit back, relax. It's Apple Time here on the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks for listening to the show this week. You know, we are talking all about red ones, green ones, yellow ones, big ones, small ones, crisp ones, not so crisp ones. Apples, my friend. We are talking all about apples, the health benefits that come from eating an apple. What are they? Are they indeed nature's medicine? Hmm, we're going to find out. Can they keep a doctor away? Well, we're going to ask a dietitian that question anyway. With that, we welcome Susan Levin from the Barnard Medical Center to the show. Welcome, Susan. Thanks for having me. I love it when you're here. I absolutely do, because you have come armed once again with a ton of information, and I cannot wait to bite in to the proverbial apple here. Oh, my God. You know, how how old were you? Are you going to do that the whole time, apple metaphors? It it writes itself, so I would (laughs) encourage you also to just participate. Okay, I'm going to try. I don't have to be the weird guy that keeps throwing it out there alone. Well, I won't let it get under my skin. Ha, ha, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did yeah. there. I know. I'm trying. I know. They, they, none of them are going to be good. I'm just <laughs> letting you know right now. None of them are. Okay. Um, 
but you know, an apple by any other name is Malus domestica. Did you know that? Nope. Yep, yep. That is the <laughs> the technical name for an apple, Malus domestica. Got it. But how could it be Malus? Malus is something bad. It's spelled differently than Malus that I'm talking about, but Malus, M A L U S. I would think mall, mall, M A L bad, That's, right? Yeah, but what is the Spanish word for apple? It's. I, Masana. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, I think Never you're mind. right. But yeah, whatever. I thought maybe there was a relation. There's no malice when it comes to apples. No. That's the point here, Susan. Um, so let's uh, let's start by this. I mean, what exactly is in an apple? You know, because looking up this this list of all the nutrients, all the vitamins, the acids in there. I mean, it is. It's a list as long as my arm. What is in an apple? Let's take it from the top and work our way to oh the gosh. to the core. Right, see what I did there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, sorry. All right. Um well, I had to I had to try to outnerd you on this one. Yeah. Chuck, because I, my general take on fruits and vegetables is oh, they're all good. They're all great. Let's make them all part of our diet. So, when I had to dive into apples specifically, I actually learned quite a bit and yes, they're high in all of the nutrients that that for foods that we this is why we eat fruits and vegetables right they have a lot of fiber they have a lot of potassium and folate and um, apples are no different they do have all of these wonderful vitamins and minerals and of course fiber being one of the most important nutrients of which we lack so much in this country um, and then to learn about all the very powerful nutrients like the phytochemicals and antioxidants, the teeny tiny things that are hard to pinpoint that seem to be what gives people so much more benefit when they eat apples is kind of what I, I took out of this. It's like, oh, there's some there's something to eating an apple a day. Mm-hmm. Now, one of you, it may have been you, it may have been one of your colleagues uh, in the last month or so did a segment on the ABC affiliate here in Washington, D.C. about all of the water content that's found in food, staying mm-hmm. hydrated by mm-hmm. eating. And you look at the water content of an apple, you bite into it, obviously it's a juicy fruit, yeah. not the gum, but just a juicy fruit. There's a lot of water in there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to tell when, like you said, when you bite into something like an apple or an orange and how it, it does have such a heavy water content. And that that plays a significant role, too, not just in hydration, which is important. And, and the reason I always tell people when they travel by um, airplane, you know, take some hydrating fruit, slice up some apples, slice up some oranges, um, and that will help replenish the liquids that you're losing. And, of course, the water recommendations that people get – for every day. Fruit plays a role in that too. That counts towards the water that you need. Um, But also water, along with fiber, is heavy. So it is more filling when you eat really hydrated fruits um, or other foods. So it makes you feel full. And already you're eating something really healthy anyway that has all that fiber and is bulky and doesn't have that many calories. Sure. Well, let's talk about that that fiber, you know, because that is something that is often overlooked in the standard American diet, but never overlooked on this show. No. Uh, How much fiber is in the standard red apple? I think that that's really the... uh, the statistics that I pulled from, the nutrient uh, facts here, are mm-hmm. for the standard red. Mm-hmm. How much fiber is in one of them? Approximately four to five grams of fiber are going to be in most of your apples, uh, as long as you're eating the skin. Mm-hmm. And I do think that a lot of people, it, 
peel, peel their apples for whatever reason. Um, and, and there's value to eating an apple in any form. But, yeah, the skin is going to have a lot of that fiber in it. So eat the skin. Yeah, well, the skin's got a lot of other good stuff in there as well, and uh, I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about that at some point, but I, I want to put a pin on that. I want to spend a, a good five minutes on the skin of the okay. apple because, okay. like, the stuff that I found looking up the nutritional value of an apple with and without the skin, mm-hmm. I mean, night and day, mm-hmm. Susan, mm-hmm. night and day. I know. Um, Apples the, and oranges, really. Yeah, I see what you did there. I'm Keep trying. the puds I'm coming. Trying. Keep them coming. Um Okay, so here's one that always also gets talked about. You know, this is this is a big one, especially in the fitness community. Should we be eating fruit if we're if we're going to be having that chiseled body, that hard six pack abs, and things like that? And a lot of times they'll say, "Hey, no, you shouldn't do it because it's got a lot of sugar in it." Mm-hmm. You know, and so if really if you do look at the sugar content in an apple and the back of like a pack of mini M&Ms or something like that, you're going to say, well, it's kind of similar amounts of sugar here. What's the difference? What aren't people registering here? Right. So there's a huge difference between sugar and added sugar when you're talking about nutrition facts in foods Mm -hmm. um, or other products. So even though there might be similar total sugar, if it's added sugar, like you're going to find in candy, such as M&Ms or processed foods, packaged foods, sugar itself, um, it is completely different. Whereas if you're eating natural sugars in fruits, that is very helpful. And it does come with the fiber that keeps it from absorbing too quickly the way added sugar will do. Um, so it's it's really night and day. And I really encourage people not to be discouraged by quote unquote sugar itself um, but rather what is, what are you talking about are you talking about corn syrup are you talking about um, white powdered sugar or are you talking about an actual piece of fruit and do not be afraid of the fruit the fruit is going to protect you and if you're talking about an athlete uh, who's trying to look a certain way I mean this is just another one of those foods that fills you up fewer calories those carbs that help support an athlete's um, endurance so you do not want to get these out of your diet yeah carbs um, we'll stick with sugar here for for a second but obviously carbs fall into that category 25 grams of, of carbs here in the standard apple that, that's a pretty healthy amount right that's a perfectly healthy amount there's no reason to be afraid of carbs especially if the ingredient list a especially if there is no ingredient list there we go she's got the finger out if you're not watching this yeah, there's she's no, it. There's no <laughs> ingredient list except apple on, in an apple, right? Right. But if the list has the whole foods in it, like in apples, grains, and you're looking at the carb amount, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are exceptions. There are people who have to match insulin to their carb intake, and that, and they know that's a different deal. But in general, don't worry about the carbs as long as you know the ingredients are good. Now you're ready to get nerdy. Here, here's the first super nerdy question, right? So when we talk about total sugars, right, that's where we get that roughly 19 grams per apple, right? But there are various forms of those natural sugars right. in there. Uh, sucrose, glucose, and fructose. What is the difference between them? Okay. Yeah, this is super nerdy, and I really had to put on my um, college cap again. So there are three mono one, meaning one, mm-hmm. saccharides, sugars, meaning it's just the one compound. So it's it's glucose, 
it's fructose, and it's galactose. Okay. Those are your monosaccharides. Right, right. When they team up together, so fructose, um, I'm sorry, so sucrose right. is fructose and glucose together. It's a disaccharide. And those have to be broken up and turned into monosaccharides. Or they can be broken up and turned into monosaccharides. But yeah, your body breaks down any carb or any sugar into its simplest form. Usually glucose is what's going to feed our cells. So yeah, it's it's yeah. it's science. It is science. Mono, it's a lot of Latin. I love that, you know, the, because there are. I mean, people are sugar, but no, man. I mean, there are a bunch of different types of sugar. You, mm-hmm. you know, lactose, maltose, galactose, sucrose, fructose. You know, yeah, you just, all the oses depends on how you combine the oses. That's it's a, right. It's an os party. Um, but then, you know, if if you go and you look at the things that are more frequently talked about. Not nearly as nerdy. You look at, you know, just your vitamins, right? So, of course, you could run the gamut A to K. But vitamin A, correct me if I'm wrong here, if we're just going to kind of rattle these off in order, not really that significant of a source of vitamin A, correct? No. You're, you're, in a plant, it would be beta carotene, and those are going to be your darker orange um, fruits and vegetables, so not so much in an apple. Right. Plant-based diets, obviously, a lot of people need to supplement with the B12 None of that found whatsoever in the apple. But Not unless it's a little bit dirty, and I don't know if you want to be eating a dirty apple. I see where you're going with that. So let's talk about the other B vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but really, again, just like vitamin A, not a whole whole heck of a lot going on there. Not a ton. Not a ton in an apple, but, but yeah, right. Right. Cold and flu season. That's coming up there soon. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about when it cold and flu, right? Vitamin C. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin C is a terrific antioxidant, very rich in your plant kingdom. And apples do have, I mean, not one of the highest, but it definitely is a a good source of vitamin C. Yeah, this this surprised me. Uh, eight and a half milligrams of vitamin C, right? And so if you look at the RDA for that, that's 14%. That's not bad. That's not, really quite good. Right. I know. Because it is, I mean, it is super prevalent, again, in, in, in fruits and vegetables. So you're if you're eating a plant-based diet, you're not going to be short in vitamin A, mm-hmm. uh, C, sorry. But um, yeah, apples kind of prove the point like oh if it's if it's in apples you can imagine like an orange and a red pepper and all those really high vitamin c sure yeah uh vitamin d that's a big goose egg vitamin (laughs) e almost non-existent vitamin k uh got just a teeny tiny amount on there vitamin k that's one of those vitamins though that kind of gets overlooked a lot so i was like curious uh, don't you primarily find vitamin k and like green foods am i mistaken there that's right right you probably have heard that because people who are taking blood thinners have to watch two points for um, you thank you have to watch those greens because of the high vitamin k which or vitamin k is um can interrupt what blood thinners are trying to do and vitamin k is pretty much in almost i remember learning it's in a lot in trace amounts you can find it in i believe i remember learning it's even in coffee Hmm. so uh but yeah nothing like your green your leafy green vegetables so those are just the vitamins we we haven't even gotten to the amino acids yet and really we'll skip over the majority of them and we'll link off to the full nutritional breakdown of the apple like spend an hour looking at this and your mind will be blown it's really kind of kind of fun uh but here's one that i was not expecting susan of the amino acids, you got your essentials. Among the essentials, tryptophan. Yeah. Tryptophan, famous. You think about that post-Thanksgiving meal, you know, drowsiness, that food coma, quote-unquote. 
Who knew an apple had tryptophan, right? Well, here's what I love about this particular fun fact is that a lot of people think the ubiquitous, where do you get your protein, yeah. right? Even an apple, and fruits are not high a high-protein food, but even an apple is going to have all the essential amino acids, just in varying amounts, pretty small amounts, right. including tryptophan. So, yeah. And tryptophan does is associated with um, making you sleepy, and it is present in your plant foods as much you know, in your carb heavy foods. It's not just in the Thanksgiving turkey, the 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 story that everybody tells. But it's important too. I mean, tryptophan does help with, um, like you were saying, makes you sleepy because yeah. it does convert to let me get this straight tryptophan converts to melatonin which helps with sleep it also converts to serotonin which is helps regulate mood um, but you got to eat it in the right amounts right. and if you're eating your plant foods you're definitely going to get it in the right amounts so we're talking a little bit less than two milligrams here is that a substantial amount or are we just talking like not a trace all. here trace trace okay. but again because fruit is not a high they are not high protein foods right but um but to, to me what it does it proves the point that all the essential amino acids are in your plants even in fruit even mm. in fruit which is not even considered a very um significant source of protein gotcha you know the reason i brought that up is i was googling apples and the health benefits and you know i was like oh, all right well let's see what people are writing about Somebody sees tryptophan, and of course, up goes the health blogger, apples, good to help you sleep. I don't think they're going to keep you awake, but I'm not, based off of what you just said, I don't exactly think that you should no. avoid operating heavy machinery after eating a Fred Delicious. Or driving a car. No, but I mean, in general, I think eating all of these hydrating, high-fiber foods do regulate your energy, um, which does play a role in keeping you well-rested, and uh, so I think there's something to that. Right on. Um, super nerdy, non-essential amino acid, uh, aspartic acid. Is am I am I butchering that? <laughs> no, you're not at all. What yeah. what is that? Because it's 127 milligrams. To me, that seemed like a lot, you know. But yeah, obviously, yeah. you've gone to school. I haven't. Well, you tell that me. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's not a lot. It doesn't I, matter. It, I mean, you it, don't need a degree to do this show. I know. <laughs> maybe maybe I didn't go to school. <laughs> Um, no, it's, again, not a significant source of protein, but really good data to prove, you know, the protein is in the fruit. So it, you know it's in the bean if it's in the apple, right? Uh, that's another pun right there. That's another okay. pun. Uh, glutamic acid, same kind of deal, yeah. 45 milligrams-ish. We're going to put the ish on there. Tr- trace, trace. Trace amounts. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick before we dive into the interesting studies that you found, uh, let's uh, compare apples to apples here. You don't mm. often get to do this, but I was wondering, I was like, okay, so you've got a bunch of different kinds of apples. Let's simplify this. Let's just look at the red apple versus a green apple and then the yellow apple. So is there one that's any more healthful than another? Um, I think it depends on how you measure healthful. And if you were to – and so I'm going to steal a concept from uh, Dr. Greger okay. who actually did look into this. Ah. Um, and he did it by uh, measuring antioxidant values of different okay. apples, different breeds of apple. And he found that it was – and this is kind of a womp womp for me, but Red <laughs> Delicious – 
was had the highest antioxidant value with Granny Smith running a close second. So really? I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then one of my favorites, Fuji, kind mm-hmm. of being at the bottom oh. of the one. He didn't look at all of them, but of the ones he, he looked at, yeah. Do you remember where the ever popular Honeycrisp fell? It wasn't on there. No. It wasn't on there because... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Honeycrisp fan. Yeah. Actually, that's my favorite. You'll take that over the Fuji? Uh, yeah. Okay. I really will. But it might be some mental because of what Dr. Greger said. Um, yeah. But but again, I, I think that to get hung up on one aspect of a food, like the antioxidant value, eat the fruit. Well, if, you, if you like the Fuji, eat the Fuji because it's still going to have that fiber that's really good for you and the, the vitamins and minerals. You're, now we're talking about some really micro, micro stuff here mm-hmm. with phytochemicals and antioxidants. But, um, you know, if, if you're going to do Fuji or nothing, do Fuji. <laughs> Fuji or bust. Right. Um, the face that you made with the red delicious. Oh. I am just, you know, if there's an an essence of being mealy or not crispy, then I'm not a fan. That's See, that's just it. It's mealy. My wife is the exact same way. Mm-hmm. She just cannot stand it. She wants a good, crisp mm-hmm. apple. So it's it's honey crisp or jazz apples. When we can find them ah. in season, you ever had the jazz apple? No. Let me tell you something. Never even. Game changer. Okay. Game changer. Okay. All right. Better than the documentary. This is a real life game changer. Okay. All right. Jazz apples. Sometimes you can go to Trader Joe's and they'll have the uh, the bags of them. Really? They're kind of small. But, man, they are, are they crisp really? and juicy okay. and delicious. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, apple. So eat the fruit. That's what you're saying. I wanted mm-hmm. to just kind of go over a little bit of research that I found when I just pulled the nutrition facts for, for each of these. Compared to a red apple, when you get a Granny Smith apple, the Granny Smith has, I mean, just, it's almost not worth mentioning, but a trace more fiber, a little bit more vitamin K, uh, and of all the apples that I looked at, and granted there are just dozens of varieties of them, um, this is the only one that I saw that had selenium in it. Hmm. Yeah, right? I, I... That is interesting. I wonder if they're not um, measuring maybe sometimes. The USDA doesn't necessarily – if this is from the USDA. It is. It doesn't necessarily pull every nutrient for every food that they look at or analyze every nutrient for every food. Um, But, yeah, selenium – essentially any mineral that can be in the Earth's crust is going to be in your plant food. Uh, it just doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a lot. Right. But selenium is is an important antioxidant, so it's good that there's even a trace amount I in mean, one it, of those. I yeah. mean, just so – I mean, we're talking micrograms here. Right, like it's right. It's just so, so small. Uh, just slightly fewer carbs, no big deal. Slightly less sugar, um, slightly less water. That one kind of surprised me. I would figure that most apples have – About the same amount of water. Yeah. Again, we're not talking about a huge difference, but I was like, all right, well, that's that's worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, calcium, slightly less. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> but again, not worth mentioning. And then if you go to the uh, the yellow apples, uh, fewer carbs, a little less fiber, a little less sugar, glucose, water. Same kind of deal, but I mean, all in all, apples and apples, set them next to each other. It's it's all good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if, if there's one you like, eat it. Eat it. Just, Just eat it. Isn't that that Weird Al song? You know, didn't he yes. cover? cover uh... God love him. <laughs> God love him. Yeah, Weird Al. 
Uh, all right, let's talk about those studies uh, real quick because uh, I think that this is uh, this is a good way to kind of wrap this segment and, yeah. and really kind of put everything into a neat little bow. You found that research has been done specifically on the effect of eating apples on you know various health ailments, but there was one in particular with kids overall, mm-hmm. right? And they yeah. looked at kids who ate apples. Yeah. Again, so trying to make sure you didn't out-nerd me today, I was doing some of my research in the medical journals and found that, again, being a skeptic, like, oh, there's not going to be anything about apples specifically because all fruit's good, right? But I did actually find some pretty interesting stuff, some data from um, for fellow nutrition nerds in Haines data, the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey data, government mm-hmm. stuff, Um that showed that the ch- that children who eat more apples have a n- better nutrient intake and a better n- nutrition profile overall in hmm. terms of everything else that they eat. So I thought that was kind of an interesting finding. And it seemed to also apply to foods you might not think are as nutrient, like applesauce, which typically does not include the skin, um, and even apple juice, which I don't recommend, but I just thought that was an interesting um, finding from the NHANES data. You think it's I'm sure that we could dive way deeper into this, but do you think when you talk about just a healthier overall nutrition profile, is that because, well, if an apple is a healthier food and they're eating that, there's a good chance that they're eating other healthier foods? Yeah. Now, some of these studies will take that into account and they control for other things that they eat and Mm -hmm. they're able to isolate out just the benefits of apples specifically, but um, not all studies do that. So yeah, I think there's definitely a lifestyle component to this. If you're a big apple eater, you're probably also a healthy eater overall. Um, you might like other fruit too. Uh, maybe you exercise more. Um, but but again, typically some of those components are controlled for. We mentioned antioxidants earlier in the show, and I wanted to take a couple minutes to revisit that because you told me something right before we started rolling that literally, I mean, I would have thought you were lying if you didn't have that piece of paper in front of you. And that is that they have uh, like a super high amount of antioxidants, higher than uh, what acai berries or? Well, yeah, there was a study that looked at some the antioxidant uh, activity of acai berries, and they found that apples were similar, if not even more <laughs> active in those same kind of compounds. So I, I thought that was interesting. Like, okay, everybody associates acai berries with being some kind of superfood, and um, unfortunately, it's also very expensive superfood. So just knowing that something as commonly eaten as apples and commonly available as apples uh, may have the same benefits, if not better, is Hmm. good news. And again, I was just kind of looking at how many apples do Americans eat anyway? Like how popular are apples actually? And it depended on what you looked at, like what are the most popular fruits uh, people purchase versus what they eat versus what is produced. But usually apples were in the top three, at least, in terms right. of the most popular among Americans. So they're certainly accessible. People like them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they do have such a high nutrient value, especially the antioxidants, is, I think, good news. You don't have to be... A pomegranate seed, acai berry eater. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be exotic. Right, it can, right. It can be from, from the farm Get next the door. Good old-fashioned apple. Yeah. I, I'm good for about three a week. What about you? Do, do you At least. At least. Because you know what I love about apples besides um, 
accessibility is that they're very forgiving. They will sit in my refrigerator for a long, 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 mm. long, long, long time and not go too bad. Um, so, yeah. See, now this is that's an important note right there. In the refrigerator, there is a debate. Do I refrigerate these or do I leave them on the counter? You say fridge. I say fridge because I do think it keeps them fresher and the um, crisper. And again, mm. we've already established that crispiness is an essential component to my pleasure oh, with an yes, apple. Yes, I agree. Um, so, yeah, it does help with that. Um, let's look at uh, a couple other studies here. There was one uh, that looked at elderly women in particular, correct? That's right. So that was a um, cancer study, and it, but there were a couple of cancer studies, and one happened to be looking at um, elderly women and mortality mm-hmm. from cancer, and, but also from heart disease. And it found that the women who ate the most apples uh, were associated with a decreased risk for death, essentially, from all cause. Wow. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, that was a good uh, selling point for apples. Um, but also found another study that showed even no matter your gender, there seemed to be some association with apple intake and cancer. Interesting. Cancer reduced. Right, 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 right. Huh. Yeah. So, so apple's good. Even if you're a young man, yeah. not an old woman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's not to say that even you can't, um, extrapolate if it's good for an elderly woman it's probably good for everybody it just so happened that that study looked at elderly women i would imagine antioxidants would probably play a role there as well certainly something about the anti-inflammatory properties um but you know we don't know why people and there's been other studies that generally look at fruit why is it that people who consume the most fruit seem to be at lower risk for things like cancer and maybe even more of a newsflash diseases like diabetes where unfortunately a lot of people with diabetes are told don't eat fruit it's too high in sugar right um but actually consuming fruit is associated with less risk for diabetes so it's certainly associated with less risk for things like um cancer so to tell someone with diabetes who's actually at higher risk for getting cancer to avoid fruit i think is um borders on irresponsible right frankly Uh, sticking with that when a person eats an apple uh, or a person eats a candy bar, you're seeing like two completely different results in their blood sugar. There's not going to be that spike with an apple as there mm-hmm. would be, say, with the Milky Way, correct? Exactly. So now you're getting into the glycemic index of foods. And yeah, something that's um, really sugary and fatty and uh, the sugar is going to digest more quickly than uh, something that has a lot of fiber in it. And, and most fruit, almost all fruit, does not have a high glycemic index, despite what some people might think. Um, there's a couple of exceptions. Um, like, I don't know why, watermelon and pineapple have a right. high glycemic index. It's not to say you can't eat them, but because um, they still have all these very nutritious uh, components to them, unlike a candy bar. Right. But, um, yeah, it's a completely different type of sugar, for mm-hmm. sure. That's interesting. Eat your fruit, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's let's stop uh, with the peel here because uh, there there was some researchers said, "Hey, I like the apple, but let's talk about that skin because mm-hmm. a lot of people peel it." What did they find there? Yeah, so some some research has looked at peel specifically, um, and the peel. I've, I saw a study that showed that people who consumed apple peel had reduced risk for uh, irritable bowel disease, uh, reduced risk for joint pain or arthritis. Um, so there's a doubt, and we know that the peel has a lot of antioxidants in it. So I do think it's an important part of the apple. Mm-hmm. And if 
given given the choice, um, eat the peel. Yeah, and if you take the the peel off or the skin, I mean, you lose more than half of the fiber. Yeah, uh, that that's a silly amount. Um, you lose actually uh, some of the vitamin C and the K. Even you lose some calcium, some iron. Uh, you lose half the iron. Not a lot of iron in the apple to begin with. No, but, but if you're yeah. just looking at, yeah. you know, the numbers for what they are, you lose about half. That's a lot. Yeah, really shows you uh, certainly in terms of volume of that tiny skinny uh, skin, how much is packed in there, and why right. it's really a good idea to keep the skin on if if. If you know if you can stand it. Now, if you don't like apple skin, or there's some other reason you're avoiding the skin, fine. Eat the apple. The apple's still good for you. But um, I highly recommend right. keeping the skin on. Right. There's a quarter of the vitamin C, thirty percent of magnesium, twenty five percent of potassium. Um, and the other big question, and I, I, I really will leave it at this one, uh, is apples. You know, we hear that they are on the uh, the dirty dozen, and so this is one, in your opinion. If you can, go ahead and get the organic, correct? Yeah. I mean, my general recommendation is if you have the means and access to eat organic, go ahead and do that. If you don't, eat eat the plants anyway because these studies that we're talking about here are not looking at organic fruit. Right. They're looking – or apples. They're looking at apples. Right. These people did better when they ate apples. Um, it is not parse out organic versus non-organic. Right. So um, we know there's a benefit with eating apples. Right. But, yes, why not avoid the pesticides? Right. Again, if you have um, the means to do that. Right. And, you know, if, if you don't, there's no shame in, in putting them under the sink and scrubbing them for a little bit before you go ahead and, sure. and munch on them. Always know? a good idea. No shame in that yeah. game. You know what else is a good idea, Susan? Picking up the phone or heading on over to barnardmedical.org if you're in the Washington, D.C. area. People can actually come and, and see you. Can they not? It's true. I'm a real person yeah. and I'm a licensed dietitian. I'm a real person. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. You're welcome. Um, and I do work for a living. So, yeah, it all it all leads to Barnard Medical. I, I assure you, she is very real. Uh, BarnardMedical.org is the website or call 202-527-7500 uh, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area. Come on down. Uh, beautiful Friendship Heights area of uh, the city. It's actually really nice around here. It's a nice What's neighborhood. What's going on up here? It is. What is going on up here? <laughs> it's nice. And we've got a grocery store on the first floor. So when you, you know, say, hey, eat this, not that, that can be like grocery store first floor mm-hmm. one-stop shop it's got true. my advice now i got my shopping cart let's go i know and they're they expect our patients to come down there so they know they do they know, the yeah. good folks at rodman's yeah all right barnardmedical.org 202-527-7500 is the number susan levin thank you so very much for being here You know, one of the things that we do at the Physicians Committee is try to throw as many resources as we possibly can at getting to the bottom of the link between diet and health. But we need your help in order to do that. We need people that we can actually come uh, come to the office and, and let us observe them. So we have a couple of studies that we're going to talk about today. Maybe you'd be interested in participating in one of them. Um, but in order to talk about that eloquently, uh, we welcome Dr. Hanna Kaliova and Clinical Research Specialist and Nurse Melissa Busta. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. 
let's first talk about this vegan Mediterranean diet study. What what are you testing there? You know, there are so many people who struggle with their body weight. And if you want to lose some weight, it might be a good study for you. Um, there are so many diets in the market, you know, and uh, you might be wondering which diet is the best for me. And in this study, we will be testing out two um, uh, diet interventions. Uh, one will be a low-fat vegan diet excluding all animal products and it will be also low in fat and low in added oils and the other diet we will be comparing to will be Mediterranean diet which is you know very popular and uh, many studies show that um, consuming a lot of olive oil and some fish might be also beneficial for your cardiovascular health and for your metabolism and insulin sensitivity so we will put both both diets uh, to the test and we will compare them to each other why the vegan versus mediterranean diet why why put those two head to head here um you know both of them have strong data indicating some benefits for our metabolism so we just want to find out which which diet would work better and the benefit of this study is that each participant will be able to find out for themselves which diet works better for them not only you know on a population level but also for them because it's a crossover trial for 16 weeks uh, the participants will be on a Mediterranean diet and for another 16 weeks on a low-fat vegan diet Melissa I want to dive a little bit deeper into this study plan here mm -hmm. so when participants uh, call up and they're they're interested in learning more information what else can they expect to get out of this yeah so um, they'll call us up first they'll go through about a 15 minute screening script and we'll go through talking about whether they're qualified for the study um, they need to not already be following a vegan diet or a Mediterranean diet uh, of course they need to be over 18 and willing to follow the study so it'll be a 36 week study and like Hannah said, they'll be following the vegan diet for 16 weeks and then swap over and get the Mediterranean diet or vice versa. Um, and throughout all of this, they'll get free one-on-one -on -one consultations with a dietitian. Um, they'll be able to get all of their labs done for free. Uh, they'll come to uh, nutrition support classes with the Mediterranean and the vegan diet. And hopefully we'll get to track all the changes that they get and all their weight loss. Nutrition support classes. That sounds like um, maybe some recipes thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe taste testings, all of that good stuff. <laughs> so we heard uh, 18 and older, uh, Dr. Kaliova, is what we're looking for. Um, and somebody, just to reiterate, who is not currently on a vegan diet or a Mediterranean diet, correct? That's correct. And who lives in the D.C. area to be able to come into the classes. So if you're overweight with body mass index between 28 and 40, live in the D.C. area and are at least 18 years old and are interested in participating in the study, please call 855-788-3918. That's fascinating because, you know... This is a study. I'm, I'm really keen on getting the results on this. I don't know how long it's going to take for, for you guys to tabulate everything. I would imagine a while because, you know, studies take time. But we hear a lot about the Mediterranean diet, and obviously we hear a lot about the vegan diet. Both are kind of buzzy right now. So I think that there, there should be a lot of interest, not just in participating in these, but certainly the results that will come out of them as well.
That's correct, yes. Right, so to uh, get involved again, the number to call? The number to call is 855-788-3918. Perfect. And we'll also put that information up on PCRM.org. How about them apples? One more pun. Couldn't resist. I mean, seriously. I said it before, I'll say it again. The show's about apples. Apples, the puns, they write themselves. Anyway, puns over. Thank you so much, Susan Levin, registered dietitian up at the Barnard Medical Center. Again, barnardmedical.org. Go make an appointment and visit her if you are in the Washington, D.C. area. I guarantee you will not regret it. Not for a single second. We're going to put a link up to Barnard Medical Center, also on PCRM.org slash podcast. And there on this show page, we're going to link off to all of the studies that Susan and I discussed. We're talking about the studies that looked into uh, the kids' health, the lower risk of cancer and heart disease, the effect that eating apples have on elderly women. Um, and we're going to talk about the apple peels and the IBD. We're going to link off to that study as well. And wasn't it really particularly interesting what Susan found out about the antioxidant levels found in apples? Who knew? I know when you talk about antioxidant-rich foods, a lot of times apples aren't really brought up into the conversation. Matter of fact, this was the first time for me that an apple had been brought up in an antioxidant conversation. We think always about the darker, the berries in particular, like blueberries and strawberries and, and things of that nature. Those antioxidants... But an apple? That's pretty daggone cool. And yes, I do love me a good Honeycrisp. Uh, but before I go and I go enjoy a Honeycrisp apple, and maybe you will as well, whatever your favorite apple is, uh, go ahead and give the show a subscription. Subscribe to it if you have not already. Super easy to do, super free, will not cost you a dime. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Spotify, on Stitcher. Literally, wherever podcasts are available, so too is the exam room by the Physicians Committee. New topics every week. This particular week happened to be about apples. Last week happened to be about nuts. We have a couple of big shows coming up, uh, a couple of Facebook Lives even. Uh, Facebook Live uh, coming up Thursday the 18th with uh, Dr. Neil Barnard and I are going to be sitting down and talking about breast cancer and talking about breast cancer awareness versus breast cancer prevention. What's the difference there? What can we do to lower the risk of developing breast cancer? We're going to talk all about that. Plus, the audio from that show will be released next week on the podcast. And then coming up on Halloween, Mark your calendars for this. The afternoon of Halloween, we're going to be doing another Facebook Live, The Scariest Foods. Ooh, what ones should you really be avoiding? What are the scariest of the scary? It's Halloween, so we figured we would have a little bit of fun with that and talk about ooh, the scariest foods. Pretty cool stuff. So subscribe to the show, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever they are. That is where the podcasts uh, for the Physicians Committee are, the exam room. And be sure to like us on Facebook as well. Just look for PCRM.org on Facebook. That way you get notified when we have those Facebook Lives coming up Thursday and then again on Halloween. And I'm sure that there will be more in the future. And so long as we're talking social media, 
why don't you go ahead and give a follow on Twitter and Instagram as well at Chuck Carroll WLC. That's Carroll with two R's and two L's and the WLC standing for weight loss champion. Hey, if you're in the D.C. area and you're not doing anything on Saturday, October 20th, well, that's this Saturday, uh, why don't you go ahead and join Dr. Asha Subramanian in Wheaton, Maryland. This is phenomenal. She is a plant-based physician. She has been on this show a number of times, a phenomenal woman, very intelligent. She's hosting a Walk with a Doc series. This is the very first one. She's going to be doing it every third Saturday from 11 to noon at Brooklyn. Brookside Gardens in Wheaton, Maryland. This is your opportunity to spend some time, get a little bit of exercise with a plant-based doctor. Pick their brain. Ask literally any health-related question that you could possibly think of. The link between diet and health. She knows all about it. And this is your opportunity to spend a little time with her. This is 11 to noon starting this Saturday and every third Saturday thereafter in Wheaton, Maryland. So thank you so very much again for listening. For everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. We'll talk to you again next week. 